Well, today we're gonna launch into an entirely new series of messages, and I'm so excited about it. I truly believe that this message right now might have the power to change your perspective, to even alter your prayers, to help you to see more of what God is doing in this moment and about all that He's going to do in the days that are to come in your life. And where this series came from was uh, my daughter Lara and I were actually sitting down. Lara's sitting about two or three meters from me right now. She's our production leader during the lockdown and she's done an incredible job. Give you a big uh, round of applause, Lara, for the amazing work that you're doing. Um, but you know, Lara and I, about two weeks ago, we sat down and we're just dreaming about this moment, thinking about this time. As we're coming out of this lockdown, as we're preparing to step into this COVID world where uh, we're uncertain and it's new and we're facing the devastation of what has been in the last four weeks with jobs and economies and people's health and questions and new fears. And we began to think about the church and about you and me and to ask the question, what do we want our banner cry to be? What's our declaration going to be? What's our statement going to be? As we're stepping out of our homes, as we're going into this new world, as we're facing this uncertainty, what, what do we want to be proclaiming over us in this season? We got, we got super inspired thinking about Noah and about when Noah came out of their ark. He came out of their ark and all around him, is the devastation and chaos of a world that has been ruined. But at the same time, a, a now moment and a new set of opportunities, an apprehension, a feeling of being all alone, a new world that was there. And the Bible says that above Noah, God caused him to see that rainbow. God said to him, and I want you to hear it because I do believe that for some people, you need to understand Noah's context. Speaking to a man in Palestine where the, 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 the sky is largely blue. God said to Noah, when you see the clouds, when you see moments where there is the gathering of a future storm or the presence in your life of a storm, it's going to create an environment in which I'm going to cause you to see a rainbow that you would know that no matter what is on the horizon or what you can see or what fear you might be facing, that rainbow is going to be a statement over you. I'm with you. I'm here. This is not the end. I'm still working in your life. Good things are still ahead. This is not going to be the end. I'm not going to judge you. And we began to think about that rainbow and to think about Noah and think about us and this world that we're stepping into. And we came up with this phrase, and it's going to be our anchor point for the next few weeks, for all that is to come, for all that is to come. Like, I think we need to make sure that at this moment, where we are so locked into the present, where everything about our focus and our gaze right now is naturally being oriented to today's news, to this moment, to what's going on in my life in this season, I feel like we as God's people need to lift our focus and make sure that we realize that this moment, no matter how serious or fearful or overwhelming it might be, is actually part of a larger narrative. That God's already brought you so far in your journey, that today is not the end of your journey, but in fact, there are great things that God is still going to do. His mercies are new every morning. And we need to make sure that we're seeing our story as being part of the bigger context of what God is doing. So we're going to declare over our lives in this season for all that is to come. 
Because if we're going to see today clearly, we need to understand that context. And God's saying, I've got a future for my people. I haven't quit on you yet. There is going to be a better day. This is not the final moment. And to live with that reality of this moment is only part of the journey. And in fact, there is still a lot of stuff ahead. And we're declaring for all that is to come, for all that is to come, a life still ahead, a promise still sure, a God still moving for all that is to come. Because if right now you're in the middle of this COVID season and it just feels like it's the end of the world, then maybe you've never even seen the Bible as we should see it for what it really is. Because when we read the Bible, it's easy for us to read it and think, ah, the Bible is just a story of people who experienced resurrection and good things happened to them in their life and everything was easy. The truth is, my friend, it's not. Like, yeah, the Bible is a story of resurrection. But before the graves were emptied, the graves were first filled. Funerals were had. People were grieving. And then came God's resurrection. Before the widow experienced God's supernatural supply, she's gathering sticks, thinking this is her last meal. Think about those disciples who were with Jesus in a boat. I mean, we're like, man, would have been awesome to be a disciple, be with Jesus, get out in the water, be with just him on a boat. But the Bible says that they were on a boat in the darkness of the night and a storm broke so great that the waves of the, of the storm were breaking inside of the boat and the disciples thought that the boat would sink and that they were all going to drown. They woke up Jesus and said, don't you even care? And in the moments of our lives, I think COVID is a season where we could just get into that one moment and realize that the boat sometimes does look like it's going to drown, yet we know about those disciples. They lived to see another day. God hadn't finished in their lives. And right now in this COVID season, this series is a statement for us to have over our lives that we might have one eye on our problem, but we're going to have the other eye on all that is to come, on all that God has yet to do for all that is to come. You know, one of the things I've learned to do in my life whenever I experience real seasons where it just feels like this moment for me is going to be the end of the world. I mean, I've just come out of a season where over the New Zealand summer that's just ended, where I really went through a dark season. I suffered from severe exhaustion and it didn't go on for just a day or a week, but went on for a month and two months. And in the middle of it all, I began to do a practice that I've done for many years in my life. And that was I practiced my testimony. I mean, I can't even really get out of bed much. I'm despairing of my future. In my heart, that's how I felt. But in my mind, when I started to pray, I started to do this. I started to see myself sharing the story of what God had done for me during the season. I'll be telling people, I'm so grateful for this exhaustion. I've learned so much. I know that I'm going to be a better person as a result. I trust so much more in God. I'm going to say no a lot more in my life. I'm not going to be allowing myself to just be driven, not going to be so worried about what people think. I've really been set free. God's done a great work in me. And I would, in my mind and heart, practice my testimony. Because in the middle of the moment, I'm saying to myself, there's still a future, John, and you've got to get your heart into all that is to come. I didn't always do that. The truth is, in my life, I remember many seasons where I experienced crises, and I thought it really was the end. The first one that I can remember in my life, I was about maybe, uh, let's say, 27 years old. I was a youth pastor, 
about to run a youth rally where we were expecting to get about 2,000 young people out to this rally. And to be honest, the advertising hadn't gone well. Youth groups hadn't really picked it up. Uh, we were experiencing massive financial pressure. The bills for the event just kept on mounting. And five days out from the event, I remember lying on the floor of my house, just thinking to myself, we're gonna have 500, not 2,000. We're gonna be left with an amazing bill. My pastor's gonna be so upset, maybe I'll lose my job. And I just thought it was absolute the end. But we made it. The event was phenomenal. Hundreds of people found Jesus. The bills supernaturally were all paid. Everybody was happy and rejoicing at the end of the event. It was a crisis. Then I had another crisis, then another, then another. And this message really, I want to zone in on the people for whom COVID might be your first crisis. Maybe this is the first time you've thought that the world is coming to an end. And the truth is, I've reached a point now in my life where I've just been through so many. I remember having a leaky home. That was my most modern example. I was maybe 33 years old and I literally thought this was the end of my future. But I kept surviving. I kept making it through. I kept living to see another day. And every crisis I faced, something changed in me. I got bigger. I felt more able, more capable for the next challenge that I encountered. And it began to dawn on me that maybe the things that I was experiencing that I thought were going to destroy me were actually the very things God was going to use to make me. Maybe what I thought was going to be my end was actually God getting me ready for all that is to come. And in the middle of all this, I started to realize that it's true. And when we dive into the Word of God today, I want you to understand that maybe when we start to think about crises, we start to discover God doesn't think about crisis or trial the same way that we do. And maybe what we're looking at right now, we think it's going to end us. But God's saying, no, it's going to be the very thing that's going to make you the person that I need you to become. Check out this passage of Scripture with me. It's one of those passages of Scripture that the first time you read it, you're like, I'd like to flick to another psalm, a beautiful psalm right now. It starts in James chapter 1 and verse 2. And I love it because this is only the second verse of James's only letter in the Bible, okay? In verse one, he's like, hello, I'm James. And then for his introductory remarks, he starts by saying, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Mind-blowing emoji. I mean, here he is in three verses, and I want to write this down for you because it's just so rich. He starts off, and at the end of it, he says, listen, there is something in your life that is going to enable you to get to a point where you can be mature and complete. And, and God's work in your life is that you would be lacking nothing. Lacking Nothing. Lord, let me spell every word right. Amen. He says, I, my goal, God's goal is to get us to a point where we are mature, where we are complete, lacking nothing, no longer immature. 
You know, with children, they get so blown by little things. Uh, anybody's got preschool children during lockdown, I'm praying for you every day. All those temper tantrums and everything. We love that child. I saw someone post a video and say, hey, listen, my kid's worshiping Jesus, but you should have seen them 10 minutes ago when they were in the middle of a tantrum. It's immaturity. We love those children. But God's saying, I'm going to get you to a point where the things that phase other people won't phase you where the things that overwhelm the vast majority of people are not going to impact you the same way. I'm going to get you to a point where you lack nothing, where you're ready for all that I have for you, where you're mature and where you're able. Okay, so that's the promise of this passage. And then he says the way that we're going to get to this maturity is we're going to have to develop in our lives perseverance. Perseverance. We're going to have to develop this magical thing called perseverance. In our culture, so much talk about resilience and the Bible is saying, hey, listen, if we're going to become what God wants us to become, then we're going to have to develop this thing. We're going to have to get this. This is vital to us becoming the person that God wants us to become. And notice that the scripture says, you can read it when you finish this podcast. It says literally perseverance must finish its work. It's saying perseverance is doing something in me, that there is a work happening on the inside of me and it has to be resolved. Otherwise, I'm never going to get to a point of maturity. So what is the conduit that gives perseverance the ability to begin its work that has to be completed? Well, now we get to the bite because he says, count it all joy when you face trials. Trials, trials, just want to highlight that word, get it right, trials, not a word we love, but he said you're going to have to face trials because when you face trials, it is going to allow for the testing of your faith, the doorway that is going to open me to see what my faith really is is going to be this thing called trials. I hope you can read it. Trials, trials are going to be the doorway. So it all starts with the moment when I think that the world is going to come tumbling down. And that is then going to open me up to have my faith to really be revealed for what I'm standing on, believing in, understanding is the nature and character of God. What I actually think is going to happen is going to be revealed through the trial. That's then going to develop perseverance as my faith is formed truly by the trial that I'm experiencing. And that's then going to help me to become the mature person that God wants me to become. So he says, get excited when hell breaks loose in your life. Don't think it's the end when everything looks like it's coming tumbling down because God's going to use it all to make us into the people that he wants us to be. I mean, let's come back to these disciples. The Bible says that the disciples are with Jesus in a boat in a storm in the middle of the night and it's dark. And the Bible says Jesus is asleep. He's having a nai-nai and the disciples think that the end of the world is nai-nai. And in the middle of it all, the Bible says that the disciples, as the waves are lapping into their boat and the boat is getting heavier and their bodies are getting wet and everything is beginning to sink, they wake up Jesus and they say, don't you care that we're going to drown? And the Bible says Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and the waves. 
everything becomes calm. And then he looks at his disciples. And this is what he says. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? You know, that wasn't the last time the disciples were in a storm in a boat in the middle of the night. They went through that experience not once, but twice. The second time, the Bible says Jesus goes out walking towards them on the water. The disciples aren't screaming. They aren't filled with fear. They're not overwhelmed. Why? Because their first trial prepared them for their second trial. Because every moment, God isn't just looking at the moment. God's looking through the moment. And God is seeing all that is to come. And no matter what we're facing in our lives right now, it could maybe, maybe be for us that we're looking at the storms, that we're looking about the tri at the trials, we're looking at the COVID world and we're thinking, God, don't you even care? And God's saying, no, I care, but I see through the trial and I'm going to use this season to prepare you for all that is to come. And I want to just scream a banner over you, my friend, today that God isn't quitting on you. He hasn't forget, forgotten you. This is not the end for you. But actually, God is going to use everything about the situation that we're in right now. And he's not echoing over you, today is the end. God is declaring through the promise of his rainbow and his word that in our lives, everything is getting us ready for all that is to come. And if this passage in James helps me to see anything, it helps me to see that God sees trials differently to us. And I want to give you three things before I finish today about how God sees trials differently to you and me. And here's our first one. We try to avoid trials, but God uses them to prepare us for our future. Isn't that the truth? I want to do anything I can to get out of a difficult day. But you know what? You're going to go th grow more through one difficult day than through a lifetime of every day being easy. And God is saying over us, for all that is to come, for all that is to come, I'm going to use every moment to prepare you to make you the person that I want you to be. You know, when I experienced that leaky home, I mean, if I can just take you into my heart, honestly, I was like, God, why me? Why is this happening to me? I can't believe you do. I've given my life to you. Why am I experiencing this? Surely you're a good God. Where is your kindness to me? I had so many questions. It was the first time that I doubted whether the favor of God was really over my life. But the truth is, in the first week of this lockdown, I found myself on a Zoom call with about 200 business leaders from our church who are faced with the fact that for the next four weeks, they have no income. They still have overheads. Still got to pay their staff, leases to pay. Um, we were just talking together and, and, and I, I could feel in the room the uncertainty, and the doubt and the fear of these guys who've worked, these girls who've worked so hard to build up these businesses that they're now watching them potentially come tumbling down. And I didn't know what to do. I was, the, the mic kind of came to me at the end of the Zoom call to pray and to share something. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I felt like the Lord just told me, Tell them your story. So I told them about my leaky home, about my fear, about my confusion, my apprehension, my bewilderment, how God brought me through it, how I made it to the other side. Prayed with them that night. 
got off that Zoom and I thought, man, I think I encouraged some people and my phone rang. And Andrew Simpkin, one of our board members, one of my dear friends was on, on the other end of the phone. And he said to me, John, he said, and he knows me well, so hear this, right? He said, you must be so grateful for that leaky home. And the truth is, 12 years on from it, I am so grateful. I couldn't lead our church through COVID like I am now if I hadn't first experienced that challenge then. And looking at the moment, I thought God didn't love me anymore. Looking back, I realized he used that moment to get me ready for what I'm doing now. That moment qualified me for all that is to come. Here's our second point today. When we're in trials, we want to go back to how we were. But God doesn't ever want us going back at all. I mean, right now, there's so many people, and I'm sure you sound a little bit like Israel. When Israel came up out of Egypt and then experienced their first crisis, their first trial, they were like, we just want to go back to Egypt. We want to go back to how things were. And God was saying, no, I bought you out of Egypt, not so that you could go back, but so that I could set you free. And every moment of our lives, it's important that we remember that. That in every season and every situation, we shouldn't be craving to go back. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. I want to step into what God has. And let's be clear about it. That when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace, the Bible says the only thing missing from their lives when they came out was the ropes that bound them when they went in. And this is what God does. God uses trials to set us free. What do you mean, John? I mean that in the middle of this COVID season, God is dealing with our self-limiting comforts that we thought we needed. He's dealing with our false securities that we've been trying to make the bedrock of our lives. He's confronting the counterfeit gods of our community, our nation, our world that worships money. He's dealing with our wrong dependencies that we thought we could be dependent on. And he's saying, my work in your life in the middle of crisis is to set you free so that you never have to go back at all. Here's our third point. And we're going to close with this. We want it all to end. When we're in the middle of crisis, we just like end it now. And God's saying, no, I want perseverance to have its finished work. God's saying, I want the process to be finished in you. And friends, God is always kind. God is always greater. God is always there. God is always moving. But in the middle of this COVID crisis, maybe God's working more in us in days and weeks than He has in years before this crisis began. And I feel like God just wants to say to us today, I want to work in you. I want something to be formed on the inside of you. You've got a great future ahead. You're going to know a wonderful tomorrow. This is not the end. This is merely the beginning of all that is to come. I want to pray over you today. And honestly, I feel the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I, when we started into this four weeks of lockdown, our church joined thousands of churches all over the world. And we began to do something called Unite 714. Every morning, every night, 
We pray 2 Chronicles 7.14 and just declare that God is going to move in our hearts and our lives. And some of the prayers that I was praying in the first days and weeks, I've stopped praying. I was like, God, make it all in right now. Get it over and done with in this moment. Now I'm praying and I'm saying, God, be with us in this. Free us through this. Bring us back to you in the middle of this. Be glorified in this and form the character of your son in us through this crisis in Jesus' mighty name. And no matter who you are, my friend, let me pray over you because I truly believe that right now God is going to minister to people. In fact, I feel the Holy Spirit just speaking to me and this is what he's saying. There's people out there right now and you're embarrassed about your family because during this crisis, a whole lot of things have come up in your family and God's saying, no, don't be embarrassed and don't hide away from the conflict or the challenge that's in your family right now. But know this, I'm going to use this crisis to actually allow a lot of residual issues that have been there the whole time to be dealt with. And you're going to come out of COVID and out of lockdown and your family now is going to have worked through some tension and difficulties so that you can become the city on a hill and a light unto the world. God is going to do more in your future because of the crisis you're in right now than you could ever imagine when you're feeling that angst at the confusion and the chaos that has been in your family at moments. There are people right now that are experiencing challenges with their business and job loss and redundancies. And my heart is so towards you, but I feel the Holy Spirit saying in five years time, you're going to look back at this crucible at this moment. And this is what you're going to say. God used that moment in my life for me to cling to his word like never before to deal with underlying habits to do with money and finances that I'd never dealt with before. And that COVID redundancy, that financial oppression that I experienced at that moment has set me up for all that I'm doing right now and for the blessing that I'm walking in in this moment. And I just really believe God speaking. I feel the Holy Spirit. I actually feel faith. Right now in homes, people are experiencing a rush of faith coming into your life. This is not your end. This is not God's doom for you. You're not going to come undone. So right now I'm going to pray. And I believe people are going to experience an impartation of faith that life is going to come to you. And we're going we're gonna to kick the devil in the guts who would try and say, this is the end, this is our doom, this is our demise. No, we're forming Christ on the inside of us. We know how our story ends and God's going to do a wonder. So let me pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. I declare over every person resurrection life and new promises. God, I rebuke every thought from the enemy that makes them think that the whole world is coming tumbling down. We feel your spirit rising. We declare the song of victory out of the tomb come a risen Savior. You're a living hope. And I declare that greater things are still ahead in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare the life of God into every person in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen.